Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, folks. Two guys at a mic show back at you here midweek Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us, whatever part of this uh, fine country or continent or a planet you might be listening. Of course, via the Internet, we are spanning out the seven different continents and uh, parts of Ohio and Michigan as well. Big Dog and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Other side of the glass, David Olson. Let's listen to some music and we'll get down to some nitty-gritty sports talk and more here on the Two Guys at a Mic show. We are back, uh, what was it, back in uh, early April, late March, whenever the season opened, 162 games later. The baseball season comes to a close tonight, uh, the regular season anyways. Not the most memorable, of course, for the Chicago fans, but Big Dog, you as a uh, very passionate, very devoted baseball fan, uh, you know, at the end of a 162-game trail, that's a, that's a long run. you got to feel a little bit uh, sentimental. Man, I don't want to characterize it, but... Uh, you know, the party's over. How are you, buddy? Uh, well, I'm doing all right. I'm going through one of my 36-hour uh, knees attacks right now. So, uh, But uh, it's been, it's been a, a crazy season, Coach. Yep. You, you know, if you think about how, like, you were complaining a month ago that there were no pennant races, and all of a sudden we have the best pennant race we've had in, in a long time in terms yep. of teams fighting for elimination in two if different I, leagues. If I remember correct, back on April 2nd, opening of the season, uh, you made the prediction that Tampa Bay and Boston would play on the final for the wild card uh, playoff game, correct? No, I, I don't. I actually did some pretty good <laughs> prediction this year, but uh, yeah. I predicted the Rays to be horrible. Ah. Joe Madden, manager of the year, by the way, and he won it last night, coach. Did you did you happen to see yesterday? Two different times, Joe Madden told Jeremy Hellickson, who is uh, the 23 year old version of Greg Maddox in mm-hmm. baseball right now, to walk somebody. The first time they. Uh, they walked the guy right in front of Curtis Grandis, and you're like, why would you do that? Curtis Grandis and hits him to a double play the next the next time up. So you're like, wow. Now there's runners at second and third. No outs. They're down a run. Uh, they walk the guy to get to Russell Martin to load the bases, coach. Longorio yells at, at Hellickson, I'm going to be standing on third, and he yells to Ben Zobers, I'm going to be on third. Let's turn a triple play. This is no joke. The second pitch of the at-bat, he hits the ground ball to Longoria who steps out third, who wheels at the second, who flings it over the first base. They turn a triple play and get out of the inning, and they wow. win the game. Wow. What what inning was the triple play in? It was in the sixth inning, but at that point, the Yankees had scored two runs that mm-hmm. inning, and they were hitting the ball all over the place, and they were about to bust the game open. Next thing you know, they hit it to a triple play, and they don't score the rest of the game. Wow. They just looked at each other like, are you kidding me? They just... They actually, Madden went out there, walked the guy, and then they turned a triple play two pitches later. Was not what aware. I know Tampa Bay came back and won the game, was not aware that a triple play was involved. That's amazing. Yeah, and it wasn't like so. Hey, fluke thing. They legitimately set the bases up so mm-hmm. they could turn it. So you're going to put the... Uh... It's like, hey, let's just run the Hail Mary. But it's in the third quarter. Who cares? Let's run it. Well, you know, work. desperate times called for desperate measures, and... Uh... 
when we entered the end of August in the stretch run, one month left of baseball, wasn't really even desperate time for Tampa Bay. Pretty much you're trying to win as many games as you can, position yourself uh, as well as you can for next year. And lo and behold, big dog, they kept winning. The Red Sox hitting one of the, I don't think I'm over-exaggerating, but saying one of the greater, probably wrong word, September no. tailspins of all time. And here the Tampa Bay Rays are tied with the Red Sox final day of baseball for the wild card. There's no question. People are like, oh, it's not that historic. If the Red Sox don't go to the playoffs, it'll be the first time ever a nine-game lead was blown in September. Mm. So to anybody out there saying it's not that historic, it hasn't paid attention to baseball in the last 135 years because that is historic. It's never happened before. Mm-hmm. Even the Cubs, when they blew the lead to the Mets, it was like six when it was – when it was uh, on September 1st. Oh, and, and by the way, now, the Phillies blow it in 64. Six-and-a-half game lead with 11 games ago. That is the worst collapse of all time. That's much worse than nine on September 2nd. Okay, Coach? That's mm-hmm. totally different. By the way, the uh, Red Sox did win, we should mention, yesterday. Uh, beat uh, the dreaded Baltimore Orioles, who all of a sudden have become the giant killers here. Uh, eight to seven, they come back and uh, win that game. So both teams win final game of the regular season. And uh, tomorrow at 3 o'clock, if needed, Big Dog, make sure the schedule's clear. 3 o'clock, I believe, would be the American League wild card. One game playoff, always fun to watch. National League game would be scheduled for seven, and you could have back-to-back elimination games, my friend. Yeah, and not that I'm complaining because, you know, I, I have work, but I'm kind of mad because, uh, like, you know, I haven't had, I've had all these, like, days that I have done tours that were canceled this week, and it's going to be on, there's going to be two, basically, one-game playoffs. I'm legitimately getting downtown early and watching the game somewhere so I can at least watch the first game before the second game comes. Mm-hmm. I was hoping it was at noon. Why isn't it at noon? I think they're well listening audience. I think they got it scheduled at three o'clock and at seven o'clock. Is there a good Atlanta Brave bar you could recommend for all the uh, Brave fans down there? Any place, any watering hole that might uh, warm up to an Atlanta Brave, possibly a chop, a uh, tomahawk chop. Yeah, it's uh, an Atlanta coach on <laughs> I was trying to think a little bit more like Chicago. I don't know that I'm going to travel down to. Uh, Atlanta, but I thought it might be kind of fun to watch in a in a bar. The Atlanta Braves, by the way, not quite the tailspin of the Boston Red Sox, but they've been heading down the tubes, and that uh, woo, that necktie is getting tighter and tighter. Yeah, and uh, they they're throwing Tim Hudson today. You know the the Braves. Remember how we talked about the Braves starting pitching uh, in the middle of August, Coach? And you asked me that you're like, hey, you know, are they could they win the World Series? And I was like, yeah, because they they could match up with the Phillies. Well. All those guys are hurt, and all they have left now is a, a good number one, but he was their number three on August uh, 15th in mm-hmm. Tim Huston, and he's pitching for him tomorrow. So he's going to have to save uh, stay face with them. But if you think about it, Tim Huston's just a winner, Coach. If you're the Atlanta Braves, even though they've had pitchers had better seasons over the last couple of years, like Jurgens and, and Hanson, Tim Huston's the guy they want on the mouth. So I, for some reason, I really think the Braves are going are, are gonna to get in. But don't forget, the Cardinals have Chris Carpenter, who, by the way, has today, he's pitching for the Cardinals, and he has pitched phenomenal his last five or six times out. And when he gets hot, he's as good as any pitcher in the game of baseball. So I, I think we're going to get a one-game playoff coach. Amazing run. Amazing run by the St. Louis Cardinals, too, because they look like they, uh, you know, they battled all season long to stay in it and stay in it and stay in it. They had injuries and problems, too. And uh, at one point, uh, well, I would say mid-August, it looked like they were done, too. 
And they, you know, they just kept battling, just kept fighting. And, uh, you know, St. Louis Cardinal baseball, maybe Tony LaRusso can rub us the wrong way, big deal, but they still play a pretty solid uh, brand of baseball that a purist like yourself, I think, can appreciate. Uh, yeah, I ain't going to sit here and bash the Cardinals. I mean, I got to admit, I, I cannot stand Tony LaRusso's smugness. Yeah. I, I cannot. I, I mean, like, legitimately. Uh, a ball goes within five feet of Albert Pujols. The next thing you know, he's taking out a machine gun and shooting the people on the other team. I mean, he overreacts completely. Yep. Like the tough guy, like, oh, you hit me once, I'm going to hit you twice. That that wears old. Okay, look at circumstances a little bit more often. And he, every he's... like any Cardinal gets thrown at. You know, next thing you know, that your team is left bloody and bruised after when you play the Cardinals. Tony so, LaRusso apparently upset that the uh, Moneyball movie has come out, you know, making a big thing out of Billy Bean, and he is, uh, you know, St. Tony, the arguably the creator of modern-day baseball, very arguably, by the way, but the one who wouldn't argue it is uh, Tony himself. But uh, he's upset. I would imagine that not too distant there'll be some kind of movie coming out about Tony LaRusso, Big Dog. Maybe we could come up with a title for that movie before the show's over, but the, he's not happy. That Billy Bean and Moneyball is being featured right now. Uh, by the way, that movie is getting four stars across the board. Across the uh, even non-baseball critics raving yeah. about it. Absolutely, I might go see it tomorrow. You know what the, the funny thing is about that movie? I, I watched the Studio Forty Two Bob Costas interview with uh, Jonah Hill, mm-hmm. Michael Lewis, the author, a Billy Bean, the slim down Jonah Hill. And, and Brad Pitt, who played uh, Billy Bean, and Billy and Brad Pitt said it perfectly. I thought, like, I was. He said, summed up exactly what I was thinking. He's like, we made a movie about uh, baseball statistics and sabermetrics and gave it some heart. Yep. Yeah, because if you think, well, that material, who cares? Because trust me, right when I start breaking down the fact that, oh, the, the Cubs got to get rid of him because Alfonso Soriano's making way too much money for his production. He's totally killing the, mm-hmm. the Cubs' chances. You're like, Joel, shut up. Come on. And when we do a, a sports radio show, they did a movie about the subjects, Coach. Mm-hmm. I read the book when I heard they were coming out with them, and I enjoyed the book. But, like, a movie? Really? I mean, how can that be entertaining? But four stars across the board. I love, by the way, love the um, the uh, uh, putting Philip Seymour Hoffman in as manager Art, Art Howe. I think that's a great call. Oh, are you serious? He plays Art Howe. Is it Philip Hoffman Seymour or Seymour Hoffman? Phil? I know the three names are involved. It might be Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Ah, are you I sure? Positive. Thank Philip you. Seymour Hoffman. God bless you. He, uh, he is excellent. <laughs> he plays, in the movie Boogie Nights, he may play the biggest creep in the history of, of movies. I'm yep. telling you, he, he plays like the widest range of lovable guys or, yep. oh my goodness, I cannot believe he that. Is, which is the sign of a great actor. He played uh-huh. uh, Capote, right? Is that the one he won the Academy yeah. Award yes, for? Yes, he did. Yeah, very, very good. Yeah, we might do a little other. It's not official yet, Big Dog, and you're more than welcome to come, but you're going to need to bring a 13-year-old boy. Don't take this the wrong way, but it's a uh, kids and dad's outing. So if you want to come with us, you got to find a 13-year-old kid that wants to come with you. Now, could it be uh, could it be a 9-year-old boy that is the size of a 13-year-old? Sure, what the heck. Throw caution okay. to the wind. I can take my, uh, my nephew. Yeah, a little money ball outing. We'll be at the Glen tomorrow at 710 if you want to join us. Yeah, I'll ride my bike up there, Coach. <laughs> I want to see it in 3D, though, because if I want to see Jonah Hill, i got to see the real Jonah <laughs> Hill. Right? Oh, man, he is a s- unbelievably slimmed down, almost sickly-looking Jonah Hill, the, the few pictures and interviews I've seen. 
Yeah, he doesn't need – his face looks a little better chubby. Some guys' yes. face look better chubby. I think Jonah Hill is that because now yeah. he kind of looks like uh, – like legitimately, if for some reason he got like road rash and got a little scrapes on his face, <laughs> we would say life after mouth. <laughs> Oh, goodness. By the way, speaking of 3D, call me crazy, but uh, I have a desire to go see the Lion King movie in 3D. Is that the original one just changed to 3D? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think it'd be pretty cool. Uh, well. Yeah, David Olsen, you got young kids, or are they uh, of Lion King age yet? I know they're still pretty young. No, they're they're of Lion King age. All right. You they, haven't, they haven't seen it yet. Okay. You haven't even shown them the, the video, huh? The 8-track? No, no, it's it's been in the vault. Okay, you got to that real real stuff, coach. If you let it get out, it'll it'll melt, freeze <laughs> the, up. The eight millimeters. Out. I would no, argue. No, no, seriously, because in conjunction with this re-release in 3D, they're putting yep. it out on Blu-ray and DVD. Yep. Disney pulls things off the shelves for like seven or eight years and then Akuma brings it back. What's it? Akuma t- Akuma Talata. Hakuna Matata. Akuma Matata, big dog. Yes, that's Akuma nice. Akuma Matata. I would argue, by the way, the opening. And this would be a great little little movie trivia thing here. Great opening scenes in all of movie history. I would put the uh, the Lion King and the Circle of Life in top five movie openings all time. Maybe the best. Yeah, that, I, that's good. That's so that's a real good movie opening. That's, to me, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah that's you're right. That's the, later, like they're yep. soaking in sweat. You're like, yep. what the movie just freaking started? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Out like this. That's that's number one. I think most. I think if you did a movie survey with the uh, experts and the everyday movie watchers, I think you're right. That pri- Saving Private Ryan would probably be number like one. Like someone takes a bucket of water and throws it in your face twenty times, and you walk into a movie. You're like, I cannot mm-hmm. believe these men had to go through this stuff. Yep. So. And, and the the way it was filmed, the realism of it too, it was so tremendous. You want to uh, join into the conversation, folks? More of the welcome to Big Dog and the Coach at your Soivis, 888-463-6748. Commit that number to memory. It should be on your direct dial, automatic dial, top 10 phone calls to make. 888-463-6748. A gamut of discussion topics on a midweek Wednesday, including top movie openings that you've ever seen. A lot of baseball conversation today, Big Dog, because we are wrapping up a long season. We get a little... Sneak preview ahead to some of the playoffs, too. we got to talk about the uh, White Sox and Mark Burley. And uh, yeah, we'll get into a little bit of football, but tomorrow and Friday, much more football intensive. But um, Yeah, I, I want to continue on all those discussions, but I, I want to like go back to something real quick. Did you yeah. hear the uh, – I, I got to think of the exact word, but the, I guess the – not exactly desperation, but like just a whole humness, like, yeah, I know it's going to happen. And Dave Olson's voice when he said, "Yeah, I bought the Blu-ray, but in seven or eight years, it's not exactly what he said, but they'll have new technology and you'll have to buy it again for some other form." Yep, basically, I did hear that, and yep. that's that's what happened. So the Star Wars, the last time it'll ever be redone on compact mm-hmm. disc, you know, yep. now Star Wars, the last time it'll ever be done on compact disc as the Blu-ray. And trust me, in seven years, George Lucas will make another billion dollars because of a new form of technology. <laughs> Is that just a, he's going to end up making like ten trillion dollars off of mm-hmm. one movie because they can re-release it a hundred times. Well, you could make a little bit of that trillion, a percentage, if you can figure out what's what's next, Big Dog. We got to look ahead. You're right, exactly right. There will be new things coming. We can join in on that multi-million dollar uh, venture if we can figure out some of the technology that might be coming. You know what, Coach? There's this new thing called the intranet. Shh, not too loud, because if, if, you're, if you're right, I don't want to give the idea away. Okay, uh, the good. who? The internet? 
Yeah, that's it. Not the intranet. Well, that's already out there. Yeah, but not too many people. Well, never mind. Let's just keep it quiet between ourselves and start talking <laughs> baseball. Yes, David. Well, what's happening is everything's <laughs> everything's just going digital. Things like the Blu-ray is basically dead on arrival. I mean, it's already considered a dying format. I'm not even sure I know what Blu-ray. Blu-ray is like a DVD, right? It, it well, it is a D, it's a more, it's a higher quality DVD. Okay. You can put uh-huh. it, it's like it's got like 20 times the information on the disc right. of a standard DVD. So the pictures richer. So Blu-ray is um, like a like a Ladanian Tomlinson comes, it stars for a couple years, it's out done next time. Pretty much, okay. pretty much, because I mean, because everything everything's going digital. You're not gonna you're not gonna have. You're not going to have hard copy DVDs anymore. You're going to have computer files. Okay. And everything in your house is going to be interconnected. Your PC, your okay. television, your phone lines, it's all going so to be one So the thing. question is, when we get tired of the whole digital thing, and people are looking to make, as Joel alluded to, a more money, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, what comes next after digital? Or what further well, digitality? We're not the ones making the stuff, so I don't think we're going to know. But uh, that's, that's the problem. Well, well, if, we, if, you, if you start, you know, going to a lab and start coming up with a new way to to take images and get and distribute them, mm-hmm. you could be that next guy. But other yeah. than that, I don't think we're going to be the ones to capitalize yeah, on that. See, right off the bat, you put up a wall. I'm trying to find a way for you to share in some of the trillions that certainly will be offered up there in the not too distant as new technology comes right across right away. Big day, you put up a wall and you say can't be done. Coach, I'm more I'm more worried, and then maybe I should be more focused <laughs> on actually creating content that we can actually sell, ah, rather than figuring out which type of media okay. medium it's going to be distributed on. That's another option. Okay, <laughs> so I'm just throwing it out there because I might as well stick at what I'm good at and what I've been doing. Uh-huh. Right now, I have a little too much on my plate. As a matter of fact, somebody <sighs> has kind of like hinted many times that I have to work on stand up. Wow. So, but I, I pushed it out. I said, but boy, you get up in front of a crowd. And it's just you and everybody out there. Maybe you could pull it off, Big Dog. I would find that one of, uh, truly one of the most fearful experiences. Here's the thing is I'm coming up with a bunch of material that the problem is it's making fun of me. And I kind of like this girl. So I like I don't want to have to destroy myself while, you know, I, I, I'm thinking <laughs> of, I'm not sure what to do. I'm not doing the whole trying to impress her thing either. Okay. I haven't even told her I have this show, which uh-huh. is kind of weird. Think about it. Two weeks in. doesn't even know I have a radio show. Uh, wait, two weeks into what? Just like it. That's all. Like pursuing, coach. Wait, you're. Uh, what happened to our previous relationship? Oh, that was. That's been long gone. I no, don't know if I you're kidding. About it in weeks. What? I haven't talked about her in weeks for the stuff reason we haven't uh, been dating in a while, coach. You mean your days of staying in hotels and who's going to the Mayan ruins? Oh, that's that's a friend of mine. I'm going with a friend of mine. Ah. So I was I'm not aware. Yes. Yeah. I was not aware. So you're the previous relationship where you were enjoying some uh, little bit of whining and dining in the uh, finer hotels, huh? Uh, it was unbelievable. There's a uh, fine place I didn't eat at besides Gina and Georgetti's, and I'm still a little yeah. upset about that. So and you, so that's over. Yeah, it's been oh. long gone. Disappointing. Time to move on. It was Dis- very difficult for me. I've, I've been extremely heartbroken. Yeah, bedridden. Okay, but somehow I've, I've moved on. Okay. So we got a new prospect on the horizon. I hope so, Coach. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, for transcripts of today's show, we've covered a gamut of topics. Not well. <laughs> Not well at all, but we've covered a gamut. you got to give us credit. It's it's all about quantity. The quality is questionable. You can write to David Olson, email us at twoguysmike.com. We'll send you the transcripts 
of the show, and also we'll send you some free psychological counseling. You would definitely need that. Oh, goodness. I, I would say where were we, Big Dog, but I think where we were is so, not where we want to be. We can go back to the baseball, <laughs> which I'm more than willing to go. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, you know, when I opened up the show, I thought, you know, it's a hundred. Again, it's a long, long journey, and it hasn't been the most pleasant, but it is worth reflecting, I think. After 162 games, it is over today. Obviously, we got playoffs, maybe a wild card uh, tiebreaker game, but but uh, you put it in perspective, Big Doe. It's, it's been a, um, an interesting journey, as it always is. Okay, well, what if I just threw these, this statement at you? A team with a $100 million payroll would have a starting pitcher win the Triple Crown without question, I mean, like, handily, and have their batter win two of the three categories and still have a shot at the third on the final day of the season. And that team was going to finish below 500. You would say, what? How is that even possible? $100 million, two Triple Crown winning players on their team, and they don't even win 81 games. Talking about Matt Kemp, Clayton Kershaw, the L.A. Dodgers. You're right on the... Um... You know, when you put it like that, it is. But the Dodgers have been an afterthought for a long time now. Yeah, I mean, the the Dodgers have two. I mean, obviously, Matt Kemp, he's going to have to go like six for six today. Mm -hmm. And Jose Reyes has to go for five. There's another guy ahead of him, too, right? Ryan Braun, too. Yeah, oh, Ryan Braun has to go. Yeah, has to go for five, too. It's not going to happen. But the, the simple thing is, you know, 161 games in, he was still battling for the Triple Crown and won two of the categories. It's just, well, of course, Albert Pujols or Prince Fielder hit a home run today because Prince Fielder hit three yesterday to tie for the National League wow. lead with Matt Kemp. Wow. So uh, what a season. Another, like, and then you throw Albert Pujols in there. When people are saying, oh, this was his worst season ever, uh-oh, is the pressure getting to him because he wants a $300 million contract, and he breaks his arm. And he comes back, and I can legitimately say over the last six weeks, Albert Pujols has been as hot as he's ever been in his whole entire career. I don't care about statistics, Coach. I watch MLB tonight every single time that there isn't football on. Every time the guy is up, he hits a BB somewhere. It's freaking Mm -hmm. amazing right now. He went one for six yesterday, and I think he killed the baseball three times. And don't forget, uh, his his contract is up. There was a lot of talk about that early in the year, not so much of late. And then when he hurt his arm, people were saying he wasn't hitting that great. Well, you know, he's not going to get the multi-multi. I'd say based on the last six weeks that you just talked about, Big Dog, he'll he'll get a pretty hefty contract. I don't think there's a doubt about it now because not only did he prove that he hadn't lost it from when he was hitting, you know, 275 and second in the National League in home runs when everybody was saying he was having a horrible season, well, uh, then he breaks his arm. So, it's done. I mean, to come back like he did, to prove that he truly is healthy, and it was a fluke mm-hmm. that he started out so slow, and the other thing is to prove that he was healthy, that his arm could actually handle that. You're right, Coach. He is going to get one lofty contract. White so. Sox finish up their season uh, at home today. Of course, Don Cooper managing the team as Joey Cor and Ozzie Guillen head down to coach the uh, Miami Don't Call Us the Florida Marlins anymore but we should mention dog yesterday uh, we talk about uh, not just in baseball but athletes and how the current modern athletes can frustrate us and stuff and i think you could safely call this guy a throwback and i think it was his final game as a white sack and it was a good one went through seven innings mark burley has been a lot of fun to watch not a hall of famer not quite hall of fame but boy you talk about just um, everything you want out of an athlete consistent Goes out and does his job. Quality guy, quality pitcher. Mark Burley had a heck of a career for the South Side. Yeah, no, I, I know you hate the term a pitcher who eats innings. That's you know. Well, but no he way. ate him effectively. 
but yeah, it's actually, the most part. he really did. Coach, this yesterday marked the 11th consecutive season yep. consecutive that he went over 200 innings. And that's awesome. You got a starter that's going to go out 30 times and pitch you seven innings every single night. You know it. Mark Burley will do it for you. Yeah, and I think he got uh, his 11th consecutive season of 10 victories at least. And there was one other stat in there. There were three things, but uh, yeah, consistency. A model would, of consistency. I would, I would bet you probably 20 quality starts or something like that must yep. have been. He, he, he has a quality start. I, I swear to you, 85% of the time he goes out there, he'll get a quality start. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, that's, that's awesome. You're talking about over a decade, a pitcher that can do that for you? You think he's going to end up in St. Louis? Uh, yeah, I do. Well, Last St. Louis year has two. five starters signed for next season. Yeah, coach. That's all right. I, I mean, I, I would not have thought he was leaving the White Sox until I saw him come out of the dugout and give an cool. emphatic, like, goodbye. It wasn't just like a tip of the yep. cap. He walked around for a minute. It was in the I, middle of the game. I need to YouTube that, but apparently, uh, for the fans not aware of it now, what they did is Don Cooper, who was the pitching coach, who's interim manager for, for two games. By the way, he's 1-0 and now, undefeated as a major league manager. And, and he already said that if, if he was around, things would have been different. Obviously. Seriously? Wait, were you being, were you kidding or are you? Being... I was joking. Oh, okay, I was, okay. One game, John Cooper is okay. not going to prove that he was worth his fault. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure. I thought maybe he was firing on Ozzy or something. Okay, I got oh, you. I, <laughs> <laughs> I got you. But uh, pretty cool. He, he did not, in the top of the eighth inning, he did not send the position players out. They stayed in. And Mark Burley went to the mount. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is what I'm reading. I need to watch it on YouTube. I did not see this. I just yeah. saw him a uh, very extended waving the arms to the fans uh, with his jacket on. He, bur- he knew he was going to take Burley out, but he sent Burley to the mound, so he was out there all by himself. Then Coop makes the walk out to the mound to take him out. The crowd goes wild, all the players on the bench. What a cool tribute to uh, Mark Burley, and again, in all likelihood, his final game for the Sox. But that was that was pretty good theater, huh? No, that's that's really really cool theater, and he deserves it without question. He yep. deserves it. If you think about it, what he meant to that old five team coach, the one that won the World Series. Mm-hmm. I mean, they knew just having him there. They knew they had an ace. So hey, you know, we can put another pitchers around him. Uh, a lot of the free agent players were like, we know we had an ace in Berlin when they came to the Chicago White Sox. I remember them saying that. And if you think about it, in the in the sweep of the Astros. He came in and he got a win in it in the what game one a complete game and then he had the <laughs> save in game three. That's pretty cool. You have a complete game and a save in a World Series, coach. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a big part. He was a thoroughbred. I mean, he, a guy could throw a lot of innings. Probably the only complaints. And again, baseball fans, you want to check in as we uh, reflect. Me and the big dog don't often reflect. We get a little epithelial here, a little philosophical. Baseball season completed. 888-463-6748. Your thoughts as we wind down yet another uh, quote-unquote exciting baseball season. But the only controversy I can remember with Mark Burley, big dog, the only really, and it wasn't much of one, is that in the off season. He was not like a lot of the modern players where they're all about the physical fitness and, you know, and, and playing and, um, you know, maybe going to the you know, Mexican leagues or whatever and playing in other leagues and working out. He would basically not work out. He said he needed to rest and he'd basically drink beer and go fishing with his buddies in the off season. Yeah, and go hunting. He did yes. a lot of uh, shooting. Yep. A lot of shooting, coach. Yep. And, you know, and so Mark Burley, guns and alcohol. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's, yeah, he, there, there's no question about that. That man would drink a lot of beer 
and and shoot a lot of deer in the off season. Coach. Mm-hmm. Now he lives out in Missouri, on the middle of nowhere. So there's a lot of that to be had. Trust me. <laughs> uh, and I am safe in assuming. I mean, he's a good pitcher, but there's no consideration Hall of Fame with Burley. No, there's. You know why? Because he never was dominant. He was always. He was always a top 15 pitcher in the American League for for 10 years. Mm-hmm. But he was never the top pitcher in the American League. He never truly had Cy Young aspirations and uh, just not enough postseason success. And I don't even – is he at 200 wins? If you don't have 200 wins, you better have statistics like Sandy Koufax with 166 does. wins. I think he does. I, Over I 11 seasons? Maybe not. I'd be shocked, Coach. Okay. I'd be shocked if he had that many wins. Okay. I would say he probably had about 150. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. That would be my guess. 150 and a record of like 100, right around a 60 percent okay. winning percentage, which is good. But no, no, no Hall of Fame coach. By the way, how about the number 177? I mentioned two games ago the game I went to. Adam Dunn struck out, you know, a couple more times yesterday. And I don't want to rub salt in the wound, but it's just amazing. One of the great stories of baseball this season. Well, it really is. Uh, it's one of the stories. I don't know how great it is, but the guy struck out three more times yesterday. Big dog. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Why do you even have him in the lineup at this point? Are you hoping he just goes like five for five and he raises his batting average to like a buck eighty? I'm not sure, but you're right. I mean, there's no way he should play today. I mean, they, no. he's clearly, and you know, hopefully he can come back next year, erase it all, three or four months off. Maybe he comes back, but boy, you talk about a guy in a funk. That's we've we've seen some great slumps over our careers as Chicago baseball watchers. Believe me, we've seen some great ones, but that might be the. Uh, the worst or the greatest, whichever term you want to use, we've ever seen, Big Dog. It's, it's the worst season by any player in the history of Major League Baseball. Oof. It's the worst free, first year of a free agent signing ever in the history of Chicago or any sport, if you think about it. He got paid $14 million this season to have the worst season ever in the history of Major League Baseball. And I repeat that. Mm. It's the worst season ever for somebody with as many at-bats as him. Nobody <laughs> had anything even close. Now, uh, this is the last day, kind of like our tribute to the last season, day of the season of baseball. Uh, back in 1992, Coach, believe this or not, Mark McGuire was hitting 201 on the last day of the season. He had like 22 home runs, and he struck out like 160 times that season. Mm-hmm. Was right before he started juicing. He went into he went into Adler Doubleday's office. Excuse me, he went into Tony LaRusso's office. <laughs> I always get those two confused, Coach. Yep, can happen. And he, and he told him, listen, I don't want to play today because I'll go 0 for 4. My batting average will go below 200. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know if I could deal with that. So Lewis was like, yeah, I understand. Don't worry about it. And uh, he's like, you know, just have a good offseason. He had a phenomenal offseason, Coach. He put on about 35 pounds and a hurt in his back, and he didn't play in 93. But by 95, he had his back issues worked out, and he put on 60 pounds by then, and he was now a steroid junkie. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe Adam Dunn will do exactly what uh, – Mark McGuire did invest some of that fourteen no, million bucks. No, comes back it. next year. What, what you, uh, I, I, yes, I have. If you, I was encouraging him to do steroids. Yes. Stop it. We do not want that to happen. We do not. We just wanted to return to the Adam Dunn that uh, you know. And it wasn't like he just had a couple of good years. I mean, for the Cincinnati Reds, he had forty six, home runs like eight years in a row yeah. or something like that. I think it's seven. But still, that's okay. in this day and age, that's a pretty extended period of time. So it's not like the White Sox were taking a flyer on a guy. Well, he's had a couple of good years. Let's take a shot at him. Seven consecutive really good power years, and he, was, and he wasn't that old. What is he, like 32? Yeah, he's not that old, Coach. Yeah. And uh, it, if you think about it, it everything makes sense because 
So, like, the complaints that I had was, like, well, Ozzy isn't going to like him because he's going to strike out way too much and he'll clog the bases. But the point was, well, if you hit 40 home runs, you, you clear the bases enough that, you know, if you have a great season, it's, that's that bopper in the middle of the order. Well, yep. it's... Yeah, it wasn't that at all. Very, very tough for Adam Dunn. Very tough for a uh, highly rated Chicago White Sox team. Very tough for our Chicago Cubs team. As a great football coach once said, Big Dog, if, um, you know, if you learn from your mistakes, if you learn from failure, boy, did we get a good education this year. (laughs) You only learn from failure if you decide to learn the lesson. Ooh. Sometimes wow. you have to suck up and be like, you know what? I, this is what I did wrong, and I cannot let this happen again. Say, say that again. Is, it, is, it, and, is that Vince Lombardi or is that Joel Radwanski? I need to hear that one more time. I don't know what I, I said. It's only good. I don't know what did I say. It's only good. <laughs> yeah, only good. I don't know, but it sounded good. It was very prophetic. We're gonna I, go back on the tape and. Uh, I collect, I, I collect great quotes, Big Doug. You, you might have just entered into the uh, the book that I will be writing. I said uh, it's only good if you lose if you decide to learn the lesson. I don't know what I I'm said. I'm not even sure what it means, but it just sounded incredibly deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah, it's goodness. good to know, Coach. It's good to know that I have that in me. Thank you very much. Remember, winning isn't everything, my friend, but the will to is. Thank you. No, it's the only thing, Coach. No, it's not the only thing. You don't think so? Nope. Nope. Winning and, and losing is not the worst thing either. Losing is not the worst. Talk to an injured player who's not able to play it, has to sit on the bench. Not being able to participate, not being able to compete, that is the worst thing. Then right behind that comes losing. Yeah, you know what? I'd have to agree with that. Because, yeah. uh, you know, having an, an injury in, uh, in high school that cut me out, it was the worst thing. I can't even explain how I feel. I like, cry. go to bed crying at night. Hey, speaking of the baseball front, by the way, 888-463-6748. And speaking of crying as you were a big dog, I did watch the uh, Steve Bartman documentary. Two hours, ESPN, HD. By the way, I shouldn't have gone HD on that. There were too many clear close-ups of Bartman dropping the ball. I think I watched that like 75 times last night. But uh, very well done, very sympathetic to uh, Steve Bartman, but a lot of different interviews. Big dog was good stuff. If you get a chance to watch it, I highly recommend it. And Philip Seymour Hoffman played the part of uh, <laughs> of the oh, guy. Uh, nope, nope. But the guy sitting next to Bartman, who, by the way, the the guy sitting next to him, or two two away, I think. He's a bartender. That guy who easily he was reaching over too, and it could have been him touching the ball. And he, and he comes he came across as rather obnoxious. Okay. Yeah. Didn't yeah, like that. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to watch it, Coach. I really don't know if I can deal with uh, it. How, oh, it's just too painful? Legitimately. It goes back to, see, people think I'm I'm just saying this to say it. It has to do with my dad dying. It has yep. to do with me almost killing a dog. That was one of the worst nights yeah. of my freaking life. You know what? I, I don't think I want to go through it. Don't, again. because they do. They draw it out. And okay. they, they Yeah, they depict it, and they string it out, and they, uh, yeah, you know what? In, in the current mental state that you're in, don't watch it. I, I take it back. It would okay. not not be healthy for you. They really stretched that to two hours. Yeah, a lot of it, or not a lot, but a good chunk in the pre and the post was on Bill Buckner. Also, they used the Buckner thing, which is pretty um, well done. Also, but yeah, it was two hours. They got some commercials in there. Of course, I fast forwarded through, but it's a two hour uh, special. Yeah. Yeah, I w- I would have to say because I, I do want to move on about the Steve Bartman, uh, but we can keep talking about but. 
one of the funniest signs I had ever seen was like in April of 2005 in Fenway Park. The they're getting their world championship rings. The Red Sox have finally ended the curse, and there was yep. a, a sign in the crowd that just said, "We forgive you, Bill yep. Buckner." Yep. <laughs> like, what, you win a World Series, and now it's okay. You don't have to hate the guy anymore. He's no longer the scum mm-hmm. of the earth. He yeah. should have been on the bench with Dave Stapleton. Blame Jerry McNamara, not Bill Buckner. Well, it's, it's said in the so, documentary uh, uh, that Bill Buckner, you know, for many, many years, would not come back to Boston. They invited him to come back throughout the first ball, you know, come and speak and stuff, and uh, and, he, and he did not. He was more mad at the media for showing it over and over again and playing it over and over again. But finally, I think it was 2004, I forget what, what year it was, but he finally came back and uh, came out, strolled out to the mound throughout the first ball, got a standing O from the Red Sox fans. It was and, the year after they won the World Series was 2005. Okay. He did not come back until after they won it. But they won two World Series, the first one or the second one? The first one was 04, okay. and the second one was 07. So okay. it was 05 when they, he came back and... That's, I remember when they got the rings. He wasn't even in the stadium, and I just remember seeing the sign. We forgive you, Bill Buckner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought that freaking hysterical that 19 years later somebody was holding up the sign like, okay, we won a World Series. We're no longer mad at you. I, to me, I thought that was one of the, the strangest and funniest signs I've Very, seen. very emotional moment and a great documentary on Buckner as well. And interestingly, Philip Seymour Hoffman played the part of Boston Red Sox manager. Who Was, was it John McLaren? No, it was Jerry McNamara that Okay. Time. Philip Seymour Hoffman played the part of Jerry McNamara. That's <laughs> everywhere. He's like freaking Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> uh, you okay over there, Doug? No, I'm all right. Yeah, sneezing attacks, coughing attacks, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Yes, David. Just to clarify, Buckner did not return until after the second. That's what I thought. Oh, it was the, the second. second. That's what he I opened, thought. It, it was opening day in yeah. 2008. So it took him okay. a long yeah, time to get over. Opening day 2008, five minutes standing ovation. Nice. That's cool. He deserved it. Seriously, he des- I, I do remember that moment of him getting the standing ovation. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's cool. That, that he, I knew he came back after a World Series. I didn't realize it was the second one. But mm-hmm. that's I mean, really, get a life, people. Get a life. You know what? Honestly, that whole the whole Steve Bartman thing does not affect because the Cubs lost. I, I've dealt with that. It has everything to do with my dad. I'm not kidding you. The whole my dad was born right after the Cubs went to the World Series in 1945, mm-hmm. and he always told me that they were going to go back to the World Series the year he died. And he died that baseball season. Wow. You know, and I saw the whole thing. And then they choke, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" You know, and they, I don't know, and then. What happened was there was a dog that lived above me, and this dog would run. It was a massive new puppy, and it would run back and forth for hours all day long, and I would have to hear this dog run back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it would come into my house and eat all of my cat's food. How did it so get into? How did it get into your house? Well, I, I had a, like this oh, the door set up in back that like uh, my cat can go in and out of. Okay, so well this dog figured it out and was able to get in. I eventually okay. fixed that. But he got in with eat all my cat food, so I decided to spray some nasty stuff on on this cat food. The cat goes up to him, like looked at me, and was like, "This is disgusting." And walked away. So I'm like, "Okay, so maybe the dog will learn. We'll come in here, smell this, and quit eating Sammy's food." <laughs> but the dog comes in there, eats the whole bowl while I'm like in the shower, right? I come out, and the dog ate a whole entire bowl of the cat food with like cleaning conditioners in it. Okay. And I'm sitting there freaking out. I'm like, oh, no, the dog was always supposed to eat one of them and not eat, you know what I mean? The next thing I know, the dog isn't running back and forth all day long. The people who live there run out of the house, okay? 
And I'm like, oh no, I killed this freaking dog. The cubs are blowing. The, like, this, wait a minute, wait a minute. This, this is all going on while while the cub game is going oh on. Oh my god. So, like, I, I take the shower and I'm right when the cubs and I'm like, wow, where's there's That's... no dog? And then I hear them screaming upstairs. Oh no, they. That had, it had nothing to do with the dog. Okay, they actually grabbed the dog because somebody in their family. So got you're it. telling me, and you are one of the. For those that don't know the big dog, you you know, I, I bleed the cubby blue. I mean, you it, it runs in your veins, deep, <laughs> deep, and throughout your uh, your venal system or whatever the hell they call the blood system. Um, cardiovascular. No, and you had your dad pass away, and he predicted the year he passed away, the Cubs are going to win the World Series. They're five outs away from getting to the World Series, you're caught up in that tremendously emotional game while all that is happening. I'm you've, worried that I just killed my neighbor's dog. You've got dog owners chasing the apartment, threatening that you killed the dog. Yes. That's unbelievable. No, 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 no. They don't know what happened. They don't know that their dog comes down there and, and, and eats all that. And now they had just disappeared. So I'm like, get serious. I'm like, I killed that poor puppy. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, I killed the puppy. I feel absolutely horrible. Okay. <laughs> You know, Bartman's dropping the ball. They're screaming at Bartman. I'm like, are you? I, I thought I was like in a nightmare, coach. I can't even explain wow. the emotions going through my body. So you were by yourself when you watched that dramatic moment? Yes. Yep. And normally, you know, typically, you know, like there's 20 people at my house. Uh, that day, that moment, I was completely by myself mm-hmm. in my thoughts. My dad's dead. My brother's at the game, two rows behind Steve Bartman at wow. the time. You're kidding. This is no joke. My brother's two rows behind him. Okay, if, I guarantee you'll be able to see my brother. He's in certain clips. You can totally see him, and he's sitting there. He's like, "Oh, I dropped the f bomb on Barbara like eight hundred times." I was the one that started instigating, trying to go kill him. And I'm like, "Gene, come on! It wasn't his fault." You know, and so my brother and I had like we got we, we were angry about it. That started a fight between us about I'm protecting Steve Bartman. He's going off calling him every single name in the book. Yeah, it was like, it was it was bad. It was just ugly. It was an ugly situation for the family, for myself, everything at the time, coach. Wow. I mean, it's, I, when I when I say I don't want to see it, it has very little to do with the fact that the Cubs mm-hmm. didn't go to the World Series. Mm-hmm. Very, it has everything to do with what I was going through emotionally at the yep. time. Yep. All right, don't watch it. Don't watch it. No, that that said, I can fully see where that would. By the not way, be the a... dog lived. The dog lived. The dog was never ah. sick, and the dog continued to come down there and eat until I uh, figured out how to keep the dog out of the so house. So ha- happy endings for the dog. Unfortunately, not happy ending for the cub. Well, by then it was a week later till they brought the dog back. So by then the, mm-hmm. the you know the Cubs had already blown Game Seven. Terry Wood blew three three run or two three run lead, and, and and by then I didn't even care. You know, I was like, just please, I was. And then when the dog came back, I was like the happiest guy in the world. It's the fact that the Cubs were uh, knocked out of the World <laughs> Series. It had nothing to. I wasn't even upset about it at that point. You know, I had forgotten too. And uh, again, reminiscing on baseball a little bit. Midweek Wednesday, Big Dog and the Coach, two guys at a mic show. You want to chime in? Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number. Love to hear from you. I had forgotten Big Dog. Somehow I thought you know, two zero lead. Yeah, the Marlins got like three runs or four. That was an eight run. I mean, they just hit. And hit and hit. You had the 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 Bartman play, the Gonzalez bobble, and then they just base hit, base hit, double, base hit, double. I had forgotten what the barrage was like. Yeah, eight, it was uh, eight runs. Yeah, it was it was a three nothing game with two outs in the eighth inning, and then the deluge started with uh, two with nothing. The, I think wasn't it? It was three nothing. Three nothing. Okay. And uh, yeah, I had forgotten how 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 much the deluge was. Yeah, you know, and we always blame Bartman, and I'm going to be with Dusty Baker, Mark Pryor, Alex Gonzalez, Kyle Farnsworth. Yeah. 
I mean, that's who you blame for that game. You don't blame some slub in the first row of the seat. And I can say that, Coach, and I swear to you, and I'm not just saying this after because I always had this dream that a, a player for the opposing team would reach into the stand and during the World Series, and I would be the one who ripped the ball out of their glove legally. Mm-hmm. You know what I always had that dream. And then all of a sudden, that would get our radio show famous. And not only would I not keep the ball, I always envisioned myself throwing it back to the pitcher, like stay on the mound and continue with the game. You know, like as like so really to like show people up. And then the Paul Bartman thing happened. And I was like, man, I wish that kid had some sense of just throw your arms up, everybody, let the guy catch it. You know, and his life would have been totally different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. All he had to do was throw his arms up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the... catches the ball, comes to the World Series. And nobody ever knows Steve Bartman exists. Except he, people at Renegade Baseball. He was in such a shock, and the way he reacted to it by just sitting there, it did, it did kind of bring more on him. But uh, all right, enough with Steve Bartman. We don't want to get too much into that. Uh, for those that are not as deeply touched as the big dog, though, it was a pretty good show, uh, and I'm sure you can check it out on demand as well. But uh, we're winding down here. Baseball season, big dog. Uh, final games today. The Cardinals did win last night over Houston, correct? Uh, the Cardinals won 13 to six after being down five nothing. Wow! The bats exploded. Alan Craig, remember I was telling you this guy that is uh, uh, has replaced Matt Holiday, their superstar that they paid 17 million a season. Luckily for them, Matt Holiday got hurt because this guy right now is the hottest player in baseball over the last 10 games. He's in about 500. Well, besides Ben Gobris, who's, who's the hottest player in baseball right now, but. This kid, Alan Craig, coach. I mean, he's, he hit two more home runs yesterday. So, so uh, Houston jumps out to a 5-0 lead. If you're the Atlanta Braves, you're thinking, well, at least we're getting a little bit of help. And the Cardinals respond with not one, not two, not three, but 13 runs. you got to figure the momentum here. The Cardinals taking on Houston. Atlanta's got to go up against Philadelphia. It looks like St. Louis might make it in, dog. There's, you know, there's, I mean, it looks like it. I, I do think there's going to be a one-game playoff. I, I think Hudson and Carpenter both win today. It's amazing because the Atlanta Braves through you know a good solid three-fourths, if not four-fifths of the season, were as rock solid as they can. I mean, they had the Philadelphia Phillies in their division, so they weren't going to win the division. But uh, there was no indication on the seas of the Atlanta Braves that a big wave, that a tsunami wave was coming. No, not at all. Not, and then uh, Tommy Hansen got hurt, and then. Yair Jurgens got hurt, and they had such a lead, we didn't even think anything of it. Remember, mm-hmm. we just brought it up. Oh, don't worry. They're, they're, they have a big – you brought it up. Right. Their two best pitchers are up. And we were both like, oh, they got such a lead right now. Does it matter? Well, yeah, it really matters. <laughs> and luckily for them, Tim Hudson was their third best pitcher because he's just a flat-out winner his whole career. So mm-hmm. uh, they're going to be all right today, Coach. Beautiful. By the way, Rosh Hashanah tomorrow, Big Dome, when I will uh... – Wish in advance a happy Rosh Hashanah to our Jewish brethren out there listening to the program. I don't know how you'll be celebrating Rosh Hashanah, but a happy uh, Rosh to you and yours. Uh, thank you very much, Coach. It's, it is the holiest of the holies. Yep. So. Thank you very much. Also, an obituary. We haven't had an obituary of, of late. It's been a bad month for people all passing away. But uh, the creator of um, the guy who came up with the recipe and created Doritos Big Dog. The dude's name is Arch West, passed away, was born in 1914. You do the math, but an old guy. But i got to throw some kudos out to Arch West, arguably one of the greatest snack foods of all time. The creator of Doritos, passing away at the ripe old age. Yeah, so, you, so 97 years old, so you got to admit that 
I guess uh, marijuana and snack food isn't as bad as people thought it was for okay. you. Connect the dots. So the guy who made Doritos had to have been a stoner coach. <laughs> Especially the Cool Ranch flavor. Without question, whoever came up with Cool Ranch. I believe he said that was his favorite flavor. I, I don't blame him, Coach. Yeah. Good stuff right there. I personally am partial to the original uh, nacho. And not the extra spicy either, but the regular nacho. Just nacho cheese, Doritos. Awfully good, yeah. Dave Olson was not around. Back in our morning break days, we did a, well, what did we call it, um, bracket buster. Oh, we need to do a bracket buster, Coach. Like the NCAAs, with, we did different categories. One was snack foods and still still shocked by the fact that Funyuns, I think, won the entire tournament. No, no, Funyuns got to the championship game. And if oh, we would have asked uh, Dave Olson, what are your chances that Funyuns will get to the championship <laughs> game? Slim to none. Who really yeah. eats Funyuns anymore? It was like it was like Butler making the, the NCAA finals. We could not believe Funyuns just kept winning a bracket after bracket. We were dumbfounded, Coach. Luckily, you got yeah. was it Doritos that won? I don't funny, think we so. remember the only thing you never remember who finished the second. So, yeah. But for that one, we're just dumbfounded. We may have to do. Well, nobody's going to remember who beat Butler last year in the championship game. Uh, second. That was Duke, but that was. Two years ago, wasn't well, it's, it? It's the same thing. Nobody's going to remember Duke. Everybody will remember Butler. That was last year, wasn't it? Two years it was, ago? It, wasn't, it was 2010. Oh, that's right. Um, last year they came back and made the Final Four again. 2011 yeah. was Kemba Walker and, and Connecticut just dominating people. Yep, yep. So, uh, uh, David Olson, you had thoughts on Doritos or the Chippens? No? Now, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a big snack guy, believe it or not, Coach. I would rather have like an apple. Or a piece of broccoli, some nuts. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. I, I don't go for the the Dorizo. But I have to make Claudia get cheese it every once in a while, and yep. and I, I read the the ingredients of it. And I try not to eat it, but next thing I know, I got a whole handful. Yeah, we we only do the Doritos like once or twice a year. It's like it's like a special treat. Cause yeah, we don't bring that stuff in the house either. But you know, right up there with the nacho cheese, in my opinion, is the Cool Ranch. So mm-hmm. the Cool Ranch. What about? Okay. Do you get soft drinks for your kids or no soft drinks? No, no, no they, don't, they don't even know what pop tastes like. Really? Oh, uh, that, That's so good for them, I can't even explain it. They don't need to get addicted to that nasty stuff. I, I, seriously, Dave, that, that's one of the best things a parent could do for their child is uh, wish, to make sure they never drink any type of soft drink. Wish you would have talked to my wife about uh, 13 years ago, Big Dog. Once you get them on it, it's impossible to get those kids off of it. Yep. Been a constant battle, constant battle. But uh, at any rate, moment of silence, if we could, for Arch West, creator of Nachos. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. We're going to start to get a little football intensive, dog, when we come back for tomorrow. And, of course, Friday's football uh, football Friday show, Beat the Schmoes et al. But uh, we do have a couple of college games. that Just to whet your appetite a little bit, Nebraska at Wisconsin, which – I've been looking forward to since Nebraska joined the Big Ten and that schedule came out. And then Illinois taking on Northwestern, a couple of Midwest epic or games of epic proportion. Illinois got Northwestern this weekend? Absolutely. I had no idea, Coach, to be honest. I thought they were playing Indiana. It's but Northwestern uh, at Illinois. Uh, that's excellent, Coach. I should have figured it out because Illinois-Northwestern games are all over the Big Ten channel, the, mm-hmm. what do you call it? the, the replays of it. Uh, you know, Illinois – look like garbage against Western Michigan. They committed penalty after penalty. They, their defense played well, uh, but they did not play well at all on offense, and they're going to need to have to step it up, and they cannot have as many dumb penalties as they did against Western Michigan. But I will tell you this, that was a game Illinois would have lost the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. it was good to see them 
figure out a way to get a win late in the game. And by the way, they have a couple of young defensive players that are phenomenal. Jonathan Brown, outside linebacker. Outstanding. He continues to make plays. Ian Thomas keeps on coming up, and this kid, Clay Buchanan, their, uh, their, their Rambo defensive end, who's yep. like, should be playing basketball for the basketball team. He's got mm-hmm. that type of body. Coach, he put on four different hits on Alex Carter, the quarterback of Western Michigan this weekend, that were just downright nasty. Let and us not forget uh, Suposani. Oh, Suposani. One of the great names in all of sports, Suposani, the free safety, and Terry Hawthorne, my favorite player, the defensive back. Uh, Terry Hawthorne, Coach, thank you very much, is the best football player, period. Uh, this kid had another phenomenal game. Terry Hawthorne will be the 20th player or sooner or earlier picked in the NFL draft. This now, season. he's only a junior. You think, he, pro, you think he'll go pro? I love the kid. I'm yeah. a diehard Illinois fan. I have no problem with these kids going pros. So people out there can say, hey, if you really want to play NFL football, you can play three years at, at, at the University of Illinois and then go pro. If he doesn't, that's fine with me. And by the way, talk about three years and go pro. Rashard Mendenhall, three and done. Phenomenal career at Illinois. He leaves, and Mikel LaShore takes his number five. Plays three years at the University of Illinois, he's done. 33rd player taken in the NFL draft, he's gone. Well, guess what? The, uh, Illinois has a new number five running back named Donovan Young, coach. Woo! True he's freshman. More held, he's more heralded than uh, Mendenhall or yep. LaShore were. Let's see if he can play as well as them, but my goodness, coach, not only did he have a couple great runs against Western Michigan, he blocked, he was like lead blocking on the, on the the lead outside option, he had a great block on it. Caught a pass out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. They might have a superstar again in Donovan Young, Coach. Yeah, and they, he's a, a uh, not a redshirt, but a true freshman. True freshman. I mean, a year ago, five. he's running up against high school defense. One year later, uh, you know, play it at the big-time D1 level, so that's pretty impressive. Without question, the, the biggest recruit Illinois has got since Terry Hawthorne. Yeah. Honestly, that, that's the biggest recruit they've had in, you know, in the last two years, without a doubt. Bigger than Supo Sunny. Uh, well, you know, Supostani and that whole kid coach, yeah. you know, they're everywhere, but they need to be a half second quicker. That's what their, their safeties are lacking on the University of right. Illinois. I just they, like they, the they name, come. Supos. You gotta say Supostani. Well, with the kid's name, Supostani, yeah. as your, as your strong safety, you're, you're yep. drooling. The fact <laughs> is, he goes for the big hit all the time, and it, it drives me crazy. You're a safety. The first thing you must do is tackle. The second thing you must do is make sure your tackle is uh, hurts the dude. First thing is make sure you get him to the ground. Parts many miss tackles. <laughs> I love when Big Dog gets in his football coaching mode. Well, well, well when you're talking about Illinois basketball, football, yep. baseball, Bears football, I, I tend to be a little bit more critical than any okay. other team. Let's, right. let's face it. Well, uh, you know, normally on Saturday we root for the same team. This is the one Saturday that I got to root against the Navy and Orange. I'll be strongly behind uh, Willie the Wildcat and my purple of the Northwestern Wildcats. So eight point uh, underdog, by the way. Uh, this, is, this is a real important game for Northwestern because their schedule is extremely difficult, especially as opposed to Illinois. Illinois' schedule lays out for them. Like When I saw this schedule, I was like, well, I hope they have a decent team because if they do, they can win the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not they can pass Wisconsin, at least they got Wisconsin at home, Coach. So they got Wisconsin and Michigan at home, which is a, a much easier road to hoe but. Uh, yep. And tomorrow we'll talk a little Nebraska-Wisconsin, too. That should be a great game, maybe the best of, you know. It's, I'm, that's the game I'm looking forward to most this yes. weekend. Across, yeah. across the whole college landscape, yep. Nebraska-Wisconsin's the biggest game. Yep.
Should be a lot of fun. We'll get into it more tomorrow. Definitely get a little more football intensive, and we'll check out the uh, baseball wild card games. There might be some one-game playoffs. Of course, this weekend, Big Dog, the playoffs start. I don't know how many people are excited about it, but uh, baseball playoffs, October baseball, will be here this weekend right there for you. Yeah, it's awfully cool, Coach, and uh, I'm looking forward, and hopefully there's uh, both teams do exactly what the other one does today, so we have two one-game playoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Even though you're working tomorrow, I'll figure it out somehow. Okay. Coach. I got a DVR. I got friends. All right. yeah. Are you reading the art? There's another one today. I kid you not. Not front page, but in the Tribune, another one today on kayaks in the Chicago River. I mean, your your business, your mode of uh, employment right now, Big Dog, has been front and center in the Chicago Tribune uh, stories of late. Okay. Oh, and I, I told you about the woman who came in and and uh, did. Like basically didn't ask any of us questions. Yes. Remember, I told, yeah, yes. So yeah. They keep coming. They keep coming there. Yep. And asking us questions all the time. So lately, we've been right. we've been bombarded by different people. What do you think? Blah blah blah. So. All right. Are you, know, you throwing out a few? Uh, you throwing out a few plugs for two guys in a mic while they're interviewing you? I uh, trust me. I try to do it all the time. It's like you know, like when the, they were waiting for people to be interviewed. Like I, I started playing softball catch. And I started mm-hmm. telling all. I started. Like but, to list them off everything I've done in my life. But the owner of your <laughs> the owner so of your kayak company. Fighting contest in eighth grade. So. <laughs> All right, we got to get out of here. Dog, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Get your football preparation ready, will you, please? I'll be proud. All right, and say Suposani five times over. Make you feel much better. Suposani. Two guys at a mic. Talkzone.com. We'll see you tomorrow at ten. Don't be late. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, everybody.